Hello and welcome to the Pro Rotation Podcast. I'm Ashley Cadell and as always I'm joined by Harry Discombe, but this week we're also joined by a special guest as Johnny Bisbee from Off Grid NFL joins us on the show. Um, so on this week's episode we'll be finding out all about Johnny's site, uh, why it was created. Uh, before we move on to discuss a little bit about the Bucks, look maybe a little flashback to the Munich game as well as going through our top five international series games so far. So, Johnny, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your site, why you created it, and why people should check out offgridnfl.com for all their NFL news. Thanks, Ashley. Well, thank you very much uh, for, for letting me come on the podcast. Um, you know, we've been, uh, you know, sort of talking about this for, for a while, so it's great to come come on and um, listen to you guys um, for a while now. And it's, yeah, you're doing a great job. Uh, so keep up the good work. A bit about Offgrid. Um, we are a site which was set up um, set this up start of this year, uh, previously written for um, a variety of different sites on the NFL. It's something that I've been interested in for for a long time, um, but I wanted to make it accessible for you know the general you know fan who wants to write uh, you know their own sort of opinions on on their whether a franchise or like a match report on on a certain game. Um, so we encourage you know fans from not just the UK and the uh, the US. Uh, we've got fan uh, we've got writers sorry. Uh, from all over the world, which is great. Um, so if yeah, if you are interested in in doing any sort of writing, please do hit us up. But um, but yeah, we're about a year in now, um, and it's yeah, it's great to to meet people like yourselves and sort of build a bit of a community um, on yeah on NFL fandom. Yeah, for sure. And we're sort of just uh, spreading out, as you say. It's quite cool, cool that you've got uh, different writers from from different countries, not obviously just the US or the UK as well. Um, what countries? Can you give us an example, Johnny? Some uh, some countries that we we might have seen. Yeah, so I've got a, a few um, a few people from Australia, one from New Zealand. Um, nice. I've also got one wow. from from India um, as well, which is um, really cool. Wow. Um, quite surprising. So, yeah, which is yeah, it is quite surprising. It's it's nice to see as yeah. well that you know the reach as well that um, that the site is sort of getting. You know, we put out adverts on social media for people to um, you know to contact us um, if they want to write. Uh, but also for like the game as well, you know. Obviously, we're going to be talking a bit about the the NFL internationally, but obviously it's got the appeal, and people want to talk and write about um, write about the games from, from all over the world. So, yeah, it's really encouraging uh, to see, and hopefully we can we can grow it even further. For sure, for sure. I think the NFL really is growing globally. Um, so, Johnny, why don't you just uh, sort of give a few plugs for for your for your Twitter and Instagram then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you can follow us. Uh, it's basically off grid NFL, um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, if you want to, you know, if you want a bit more professional, you can contact us on LinkedIn as well. Um, yeah, Facebook. Um, just trying to start out a TikTok and YouTube channel. Mm, um, wow. Obviously, we are a we are a um, you know website. So it's just about about finding that sort of USB. So I'm finding the time to do everything. You know, it's tough. Sleep, it? <laughs> <laughs> it is tough but, for yeah. sure. No, uh, yeah, do hit us up. Um, yeah, great to talk to you. Great stuff, great stuff. So we'll move on now for a little bit of Bucks chat. Obviously, Harry, you are a Bucks fan. So some, obviously, after the jubilation of your come from behind win against the Saints to last weekend where you lost 35-7 to the 49ers and Brock Purdy. Harry, come on, just give us give us some thoughts on your mood and reaction. Um, well, I never thought it could feel this bad to be leading the NFC South with a game above, um, a game in the lead at six and seven, but um, it feels like a broken team, especially a broken offense. And 
Um, to be honest, at the minute, I'm not sure if we I even want us to make the playoffs or not. As after seeing the way the Niners, led by Brock Purdy, obviously absolutely decimate us on both sides of the ball. For me, it starts with the O-line. Um, not just the injuries we've had have been well documented. Obviously, Ryan Jensen, Kappa left, Ali Marpet retired. And we've got Wirfs out, Tristan Wirfs out even now, uh, as well as other injuries. But it's not just that. It's not just the lack of chemistry and the poor play from them. Um, I think a big issue is Brady's lack of trust in the O-line, which I don't think quite matches up to how poor they have been. Brady's got the quickest time to throw in the league. There's been way too many check downs and throws uh, short of the stick. Um, they actually, the, the O-line ranked second in PFF pass blocking efficiency and fifth in their um, pass blocking general grade. Uh, obviously, a big part of that is because of his, his really quick time to throw. But I just think because he's 45, because he's seen all the issues with the O-line, he's got absolutely no trust, no trust in the line. Um, he doesn't want to take hits. He, he thinks he's probably going elsewhere next year or he knows he's probably going elsewhere next year. So he's protecting himself a little bit. Um but we just we we've got Evans and Godwin, but we can't make any big plays. We can't mm, extend any plays, do anything um, off off system sort of thing because there's no trust in the O line uh, and they're playing they're playing poorly as it is sort of thing. So I think that is that is the main issue, as well as the coaching. Um, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich together um, about as inspiring I would say as a bunch in number ten right now. Um, I've actually, uh, I'll show a little drop right now of the um, Todd Bowles' last question. Of that um, post-San Francisco press conference, he was asked what his message to the team is going forward. What's going to be your message to the team after this one? Decide who we want to be. We can't be an up-and-down team. we got four weeks left to find out what we want to be during the season, accomplish our goal. For me, just uh, just not a leader of men, Todd Bowles. I trust him defensively to create a good defense, and it's fair enough what you're saying there. But uh, I just think between him and Leftwich, um, you've not got leader of men, and you've not got competent schemes offensively. Uh, you're seeing drops from Mike Evans. You're seeing the run game not working at all, and and like I say, way too many throws, that screen passes, or, or short of the sticks, or whatever. There's just um, there's no juice in this offense. There's no juice in the locker room at all. You look at them, uh, you look at the players on the sideline and there's no, I don't know, the, the only passion is when Brady's getting really fucking angry at everyone. It just seems like a flat team, a dead team. And, and uh, I'm really disappointed with how the season's gone, obviously. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been difficult for you uh, as a Bucks fan, obviously. <sighs> I don't know, for me, so many ups and downs. Your mood really sort of changes. Like, when, when you win, it's sort of Tom Brady's the GOAT and all that. You know, maybe it's obviously you're just happy because of the win. But as soon as you get a loss, it's just everything's doom and gloom. We need Bruce Arians back. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it is tough, obviously. But, I mean, as you were saying, Harry, about uh, Tom Brady. So, what, you, you, you think this is his final year in, in Tampa? Uh, yeah, Definitely. And I will, I'll just say on what you said, he, yeah, I get carried away after winning whatever, but that's just because I <laughs> think the players, that we, the players we've got, like maybe this is the start of them figuring it out now sort of thing, but the offense hasn't had a good game all year. Uh, the most balanced they looked was the Seahawks game in, in Munich, but still, what did we would get? 21 points, I think, was it? Our offense has, has not looked good at all. Um, I think Byron Lefkowitz does need to go without a doubt. Um, 
And I think Brady wants it. I don't think there's any way that Brady wants to stay. And I think it's it's time for us to move on as well. What about Johnny? Would you um would you be wanting Tom Brady next year, either for the Bucks or or for your own team? Well, as a Jets fan, I'm not sure he'd make the um, he'd make the trip to uh, the MetLife. But um, no, I completely echo what you've just said there. I think, yeah, the the fall from grace. I think from the Bucks team has been been quite sad to see. Obviously, they've had injuries on both um, sides of the ball. Um, but you know, the the lack of threat in the run game has been a real a real thing that I've noticed. Um, we talked about the uh, the O line. Uh, as well, that's that's where he starts. Um, but in the coaching as well, you talk about Byron Leftwich, uh, someone who was you know almost a lock for the Jaguars mm. head coach role uh, last season. Um, and obviously, Tom Ball stepping up. Yeah, he um, yeah it just really hasn't worked for them. And I think you know looking elsewhere across the league for a, you know they are a fairly gritty team uh, at, the, at the books. I'm not sure you know you want a leader of men um, in that sort of situations. I've been banging on on, on off grid about. Dan Campbell, you know, not necessarily being the best coach in the NFL, but he just somehow gets the best out of his players. Um, and yeah, I feel I just don't, for as much as I like Todd Bowles, um, you know, it didn't work out for him um, in New York. Um, it's not worked out for him as a head coach as well um, at the books so far. Um, yeah, I'm just it's really sad to see, but I just don't think he's suited to the head coach role. Um, as for Brady, yeah, completely agree. This is, um, you know, this will be his last year in uh, in Tampa. Don't think he'll retire. I think New England is seemingly the the best place for him um, at the moment. I'm not sure if they'll take him. They, you know, it's <laughs> anything could happen. Anything could happen in the off season. Um, but if I was a better man, I'd probably have to say a return to the Patriots is the most likeliest. Um, but um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. He he won't retire, surely. Surely not. No, after all, all the stuff that's sort of happened in his personal life as well, you can't really see him giving up football. Um, I think there's an interesting point as well. He's saying about the coaches as well. He, in relation to Dan Campbell, you, you sort of see his energy and, and passion for the team. And there's a complete contrast to that, that uh, soundbite you put in, Harry, about um, Todd Bowles, uh, it's just sort of not not the sort of same. And I think that's, see, through you, you're, they're lacking, lacking that sort of bit of uh, panache uh, on the offence to get things going and that bit of, bit of grit. And, um, and I think that's what, what's really been lacking. Um, but we will uh, give a little quick shout out to, to the Munich game, of course. So obviously everything was fantastic there, wasn't it? Uh, tw- Tom Brady uh, was loving it. Uh, everyone was singing Sweet Caroline. Harry, you, I know you were loving it. Um, why don't you just sort of uh, take us back to, to, to the point of view from then? Uh, it feels like uh, a lot longer than a month ago now, everything that's happened in the NFL season and, and beyond. But yeah, that was... Um, that was a point because that was probably our best rushing game of the season. Johnny touched on it there, but our run game has been historically bad for for most of the year. Um, but that was sort of Rashad White's. What I was hoping anyway was his breakout game. Uh, we were really um, balanced despite not scoring actually that many points, but the defense played really well. Um, but I think this goes to show that was our most complete game, and and Geno Smith, you know, nearly completed the comeback against us anyway. But uh, I'm burying the lead a little bit there because it. It wasn't about the the football on the field. It was about the Germany fans having waited so long, them finally getting their game, them creating such a beautiful atmosphere. Um, like you say, singing those songs at the end of the game and, and creating, or I think it was a really partisan atmosphere as well. There was a lot of Bucks fans there. There was a lot of Seahawks there, which you don't 
um, get a lot in, in London. So I think it was a really special thing um, for everyone involved in the NFL, but obviously especially for those Germany fans who have deserved it. We played this drop on the show before, but I'll I'll just show um, Joey Brady's comments after that game again. Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So it says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game. And I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like uh, very electric from the time we took the field. So uh, at the end of the game, with them singing Sweet Caroline and uh, Country Grow, that was, that was pretty epic. So I think everyone who's a part of that experience uh, got to got to have something pretty, uh, pretty amazing memory for their lives. So. Probably the peak of the Buccaneers season, but but we shall see. Yeah, I mean, uh, that Munich game was pretty crazy. And obviously the first NFL game to be played in Germany. Uh, they obviously got to see Tom Brady before he does eventually retire. Um, but I mean, sold out stadium there. There's record figures and viewerships. Merchandise sales at the Allianz Arena were the highest ever for a game outside of the U.S., I mean, the passion and love in Germany for the NFL was incredible. And I think, you know, we're, it's something that we're definitely going to see increase. But, um, Johnny, I'll ask you, how do you, how close do you think we are to perhaps a European division in the NFL? Obviously, Roger Goodell has spoken about it. And we have a, had a little look into that before, but I'd like to hear your views on that, Johnny. Yeah, I, I feel very strongly that it's almost inevitable now that there will be a franchise in the near distant future, that maybe, you know, five, 10, 20 years down the line, that is based overseas. Um, I feel that Roger Goodell, the NFL, are realizing how much money there is outside of, um, uh, you know, the market of, the, of, of primarily being in the US uh, for it to, to refuse to, to go elsewhere. So, you know, the league announced last year it's, um, it's, it's marketing initiative for international, um, um, interna- sorry, nations over, overseas for, for franchises to develop their global brands and find new fan bases. I think that's only going to, you know, accelerate the um, the move to an expansion even quicker. Um, you know, the NFL in Europe, obviously we've, we've had um, the leagues in the past which haven't really kicked on, um, but I, I really feel that, you know, expanding the NFL to somewhere, you know, overseas, whether that be in the UK, um, Germany, uh, Mexico, which... You know the Mexico game as well, um, which probably mm. went you know very you know um, uh, under the radar almost because um, obviously they they've hosted games um, in the past as well. Uh, but the the raucous atmosphere, you know, primarily forty nine is fans in in Mexico City, um, you know, creates such a such a brilliant atmosphere. And it's just such a great day out for um, you know fans of the NFL overseas. So yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, the NFL grow abroad. Um, any predictions? Uh, obviously, you know the Jaguars. Their close affiliation with uh, with London makes them, um, you know, the probably the favourite to, to to move there. Um, but like I say, there's there's so many options, and I feel that there's going to be international games in 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 France, Spain, um, internationally um, in 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 the next few years. Um, yeah, just watch this space. Yeah, I think there's been not a shift in the last couple of years since COVID, but definitely an acceleration, obviously, with the Germany game. As you said, Johnny, with each team now having their own specific market to brand themselves in. And and I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, yeah, this is nice for NFL fans in North America, for the players and for us international fans. It's really nice and fun. But but the main thing is how much money can it make the NFL? And, 
and uh, the last this season has shown that it can make them a hell of a lot of money if they keep expanding, keep expanding. So, and Goodell said it himself when he was in Germany, I think that that an NFL division is coming. They're at least researching into it. So, yeah, I mean, I would love it to see a couple of London teams, a Germany team, and then maybe someone else. Um, uh, that would be insane. And, and I, I think, I think it is inevitable, as you say, sort of thing. That the money's there, the passion and appetite is there. We've obviously got the infrastructure throughout Europe uh, being so sports. Uh, been so in love with sports ourselves, so I I don't think there's anything that can stop this train. No, I I could definitely. I mean, even I think I think we could even see at least a, maybe the Jags moving over uh, within the next five years. Maybe maybe that could be the start of it. Um, but obviously, again, would, would Roger Goodell prefer just to put a division straight away? Would that make more sense in terms of to. scheduling and things like that? Um, obviously, if you if you move a, a Jags team to London, uh, kind of makes things a, a bit more difficult in terms of how the division is set up and everything like that. Um, but no, either way, it is pretty interesting how crazy would a European division be? Uh, that would be and it, and crazy. <laughs> it might get to the point, like, I don't know, maybe we're 70 or whatever and, and every country has got, like we're doing a World Cup of, of American football rather than <laughs> football. Every country has got their own little thing. I don't know. I'm getting that, excited. That'd be class. That would be class. Imagine. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. So we'll take a little bit of a break there, but afterwards we're going to get into our top five international games uh, so far. Hello and welcome back to the Throat and Rotation podcast. So we're going to go through some of our top international NFL games now. So Harry, why don't you uh, kick us off? Yeah, I'll start us off with a classic. 2014 was the year. Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons. Matt Stafford came into the game needing just one touchdown pass to take the Lions franchi- uh, franchise record from Bobby Lane. Um, obviously got that special London atmosphere as well. But in typical Lions fashion, they shit the bed. Got no points at halftime. It's 21 nothing to the Atlanta Falcons. But Matt Stafford, as he usually does, steps up in the second half, throws a couple of touchdown passes to Golden Tate and Theo Riddick, and uh, eventually sets up Matt Prater for the, the, um, the potential game-running field goal as time expires, he steps up, misses a kick, uh, but there's a flag on the there's a flag on the field. The play's been blown dead because of a delay of game flag, and uh, Matt Prater makes um, no mistake with their 48 yard or five yards further back. Always love it when a kicker misses a kick, has to move back because of a flag, and then makes it anyway. Um, but you know that game's got everything everything you need. A big second half comeback. Falcons major collapse at half time again in a big spot. What well, a surprise! Yeah, you got franchise history being made, uh, and then the winner is a clock hit zero. Perfect game for London, IMO. It's exactly what you what you need a great advert really for for an NFL game, and it's exactly what you want the drama right at the end. Uh, as I was saying uh, to Ben, he's recently he's a listener and our friend. Uh, he's uh, recently got into the NFL, and that's been quite a big part of it. Um, sort of the drama late on is, is sort of a massive thing. I, I think perhaps... that's what gets you. Yeah, I think perhaps it's what hooks you. That um, bit more frequently than say like football, for example, you'd you'd get, um, and of course, even when you, what was the Jets earlier this season against the Browns? Um, Crazy. 
you know, no one thought, but with a few couple of minutes left on the clock, that they'd turn it around, and, and they did. Uh, and that really is uh, the beauty of the NFL. And yeah, great, yeah. Uh, great one to point out there, Harry. Um, I was saying um, just on that, Ash, uh, um, talking about the Bucks and how how bad the season's felt this year. But we've had two crazy last minute comebacks against the Saints and the Rams, and uh, you know that almost makes the season worthwhile just to have those moments where mm. you're going insane. That's what being a fan's about. That's that's why you watch sport, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll move on now to uh, a more recent game. Uh, the the Giants beating the Packers at NFL London this year, 27-22. Another uh, game where uh, the Giants had to turn it around. Um, it, uh, testament to, to what the, the work that they've been doing. Uh, set a new viewership record for an international game on NFL Network. Five and a half million TV and digital viewers, which was almost double that watched the Falcons versus Jets at the London game the year prior. Um, so it was the first time that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were in London too. Um, a huge uh, horde of Green Bay fans in the UK were at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And obviously the cheeseheads were let down. Um, the Giants, I mean, at that point in time... Uh, it was way more of a shock that the Giants actually came away with the win. Uh, Rodgers couldn't convert on the fourth down as Green Bay moved to three and two, and the Giants were went to four and one. And obviously, at that point, um, you know, everyone still thought the Packers would be the Packers. Um, but I think that could, that was sort of a, a big turning point uh, for their season and how that uh, went on. Um, obviously. Rogers couldn't get it done, and the Giants would go on to to seal seal a, a huge win. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a, a great one for this season, especially with Rogers and the Packers coming to London for the first time. Yeah, that was the um, that was a London game that I think has had the most hype around it before. Definitely was the hardest one to get tickets for. I think it was up there. The Germany game was up there with like half a million people in the queue to get tickets or whatever. Um, but it was great to see the Packers complete the set. Obviously, they were the last team to come over. Um, and you've got to love an upset. I see so many Packers fans on Twitter who'd come over from the US or had um, been been waiting in the UK for, for years and years. And um, to see them all disappointed... What a day! What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was that. Uh, was it? Uh, I can't think it was that game where Alan Lazard went over to Source Garden and he had one of the cheese heads on his head, mate. I think that was that game. Um, no, no, bit, um, bit. well, that's the Jets, isn't it? My bad, my bad. Completely nah, mixed actually... up the the uh, New York teams. Jets there. and Giants. No. <laughs> yeah, completely mixed that up. Um, but anyway, Johnny, uh, why don't we move on to some of uh, your uh, top international games? Yeah, two two games there that are quite hard to, to top. I think, um, well, I'll talk about one still quite recent last year. Um, had the privilege of going to both the games, um, the Jets, the Falcons. Uh, wasn't wasn't a classic. Um, I remember Carl Pitts had a, uh, had a had a screamer that day, but the, the the Jets lost, so I went home disappointed. But um, but yeah, the 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 Dolphins um, Jags game um, was I think one of the best. One of the better games that we've seen in in London, um, you know, there's obviously coming back from COVID, there was all that you know excitement of, of fans returning um, in the UK, um, and yeah, it was just such a brilliant day out. You know, beforehand, you know, interacting with fans um, at the Tottenham Stadium, which is such a, a that was my first time at the the, uh, the Spurs Stadium. It's such a such a brilliant venue to to watch sport, um, and obviously Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, you know, there's obviously so much hype of him coming out of college um you know hadn't really started hadn't really got going in the nfl um and then he came over and had possibly his his best game up till then 
um, uh, for the Jags. Um, and, you know, there's last-minute drama as well. I think um, their second-choice kicker, uh, was it Matt Wright? Um, yeah. I think in his first game with two, you know, 50, 50 yarders to, to win the game. And when that second one went over, you know, barest the margins. Um, and, yeah, it was just a great finish. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, obviously the Jags are, are such well-followed in this country. Um, I've been to a couple of games um, uh, of the Jags beforehand, but there was just something something different about about that day last year. Um, and, obviously, you know, they've got their, their franchise quarterback now. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of turmoil last year with Lawrence Urban Mayer. Um, and you know the franchise um, having you know only a couple of victories, but um, but now you know they seem to be um, um, on the on the right track, putting a great performance against the Titans this weekend. So yeah, it's just it was just great to see um, you know the Jaguars has such a big affiliation with um, the UK. Um, you know, go out and and, and get a victory. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my highlight game um, of the international series so far. I think it was um, two 50-yard field goals as well that, that won the game for the Jaguars. So always got the kick in UK element there. Nice for us to see the kicks. Nice for you to see a bit of Urban Meyer's tenure as well. <laughs> and, and I've been to a few London games and uh, I think I've seen the Jags twice. They lost. Uh, they won one with Blake Balls, but um, I'd re- I want to go and see him with Trevor Lawrence when they when they next come back. It seems like they've, they've got a team, they've got a coach now, obviously, and um, it'll be nice for us... Um, well, I'd say the Jaguars might be my second, my my second team because of the um, the London ties. So nice for them to do well. So obviously, um, you two have uh, obviously seen the NFL games live. I'm yet to. Um, mm. So I don't know. I just well, I'll ask you both. Uh, we'll go with Johnny first. What would you say is sort of the biggest differences uh, of watching an NFL game live uh, compared to on the on the TV? I just think it's um, such a, a a great day out. You know, it's obviously an NFL game lasts for three up to four hours sometimes. Um, so you know, making a complete day of it, getting to the ground early where the fans are outside, whether they're tailgating or just you know immersing themselves in um, you know chat with other NFL fans, um, and then obviously when you're in the stadium, the you know the, the spectacle of you know not just the the game on the field but the whether that be, you know, the Passover from the Red Arrows in this country anyway, um, bands playing at half time. Um just so you know, you know, the general sort of um, you know, it's like going to going to a gig almost as um, you know, the atmosphere is just just absolutely rocking. Um I mean, I, I love both. I love I love going for, for days out to watch to watch games, but also, you know, you can't beat stick uh, getting home and, and, and sticking on red zone so mm. you can see all the games. But um but yeah, it's um I'd highly recommend it. Highly recommend it if if you can get tickets because it was it's just so hard this year, wasn't it? Yeah, and oh, you get like an all twenty two angle of the thing. You're getting obviously a different you're seeing different things on the field than what you see on the pitch and that it was beautifully summed up, Johnny, but the the main the best thing about going obviously can't do this with soccer games in this country, being able to drink a beer out your seat. Unbelievable, oh, of mate. course. So yeah. good. Um, and, and everything you say, it's just all the fanfare. Being surra- I like being surrounded by... Um, well, every time I've gone, I've been... Um, I've spoken to some, some German fans that have gone there, even just at, at the Tottenham game, for the, the Bucks-Panthers um, game a few years ago, which uh, you won't be surprised that I didn't 
used as my highlight as Jameis Winston threw five interceptions that game. I think he fumbled it once as well. But I was sat next to Bucks, um, a German Bucks fan right next to me, um, and I was talking to him the whole game. So I'd be able to, to talk to him a little bit in German to talk about his, the journey he'd been on with the NFL and, and to see him there in the UK watching it right next to me was pretty special, uh, despite Jameis Winston being Jameis Winston. <laughs> Um, so obviously, you, Johnny, you alluded to sort of the tailgate, you know. So obviously, when you go to sort of a football game in the UK, um, you sort of get that sort of typical culture, don't you? Where it's sort of centered around drinking and uh, like sort of I don't know, like creating an atmosphere, a bit laddie sort of thing. Is it more of a, a that we try and bring a US cultural impact to the NFL games, like as you said with the tailgate, you know, are the international fans sort of focusing more on uh, including the American cultures instead of their own when they go? Yeah, I think it's it's two different sporting sort of cultures, you know, you you your football club. Well, I'm a I'm a Preston North End fan in in football, and it's it's almost like a family to me. If it okay, makes sense, yeah. you go there, you support your team, you're there for for nothing else really. Whereas the NFL, you, you see, you know, I went to watch a Jaguars Giants game. You wouldn't necessarily do that in in, in football. I wouldn't necessarily go and watch uh, a Blackpool game or a, a Blackburn game. You know, yeah. you're coming there to to go and watch the spectacle. And I think you know the drinking aspect of it. I think um, yeah, you sort of alluded to. You know the culture of um, you know going to a pub beforehand, uh, and, you know to go and watch watch a game. The fact that we can drink in stadiums in um, in uh, at the NFL or at rugby or you know um, other other sports, you know because you know people can you know enjoy it um, uh, a bit more, and I think that just adds to uh, adds to the spectacle. Um, there's a lot of respect, you know, the respect is there um, that the NFL is as an institution welcomes anyone not necessarily saying that football is it's just you wouldn't necessarily go and watch um a different team in in football in this country but um but yeah i mean the, obviously the tailgating is so big in 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 america it was to a quite a minor sort of scale from what i saw anyway at the um at the london games um because i think you know fans were just flocking in um there was such an atmosphere around the stadium even when the games kicked off people trying to get in and just you know waiting for um the, the final whistle to soak up the atmosphere so yeah i think um that sort of aspect of it is um is uh, yeah very fun and um yeah looking forward to 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 see many many more in the future i think the vibe is more um it's sort of, it sounds a bit soft but it's like a celebration of the nfl you you're not getting the two teams fans there you're getting fans from every 32 teams just because they want to uh, throw, they want to watch an NFL game. But you, more friendly got, atmosphere, would you say? Yeah, more friendly. It feels just like a celebration. Just yeah. Everyone wants to be there rather than everyone wants to win sort of thing. It's not about it's not about the result. It's about just literally just being there. They, they have they put loads of activities on before the game. Like you can like big inflatable things where you can catch balls and throw footballs and um, snap and talk to celebrities and stuff. They, it's just a big big day out, a big a big fun thing that where like the final result because we normally get like pretty shitty games to be honest like in terms of how important they are and the team's playing so it, it's all about just going and have fun uh, yeah. even if that sounds a bit you know soft 
No, no, I definitely get you. It'll be interesting to see how that could change if we sort of had a, a division and uh, you sort of get a bit more. I of think it changed passionate fandom, and yeah, mm. you start probably getting a bit more rivalry, especially like if you if we had two uh, team NFL teams in London, for example, like you could definitely see you saw that, class, that rivals yeah. start getting a kicking off yeah. down the streets and all that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We'll yeah. see. We'll see. It could add a whole new dynamic to the NFL. They wouldn't. They they won't be selling beer in them in the stadiums anymore if that happens. <laughs> Stop. This wouldn't be allowed anymore, would it? No, it's just fighting all the time. Um, but we, Harry, you had another game uh, for us to talk about. When it, uh, what is it? The Saints uh, Chargers from two thousand eight. Yeah. So this is um, definitely up there with with any of the games for. For the best that's been in London, it was actually just the second ever to come over to the UK. Had points, storylines, late drama, and even a safety. Uh, it was the Saints Chargers. Um, the Saints with Drew Brees, the Chargers with um, Philip Rivers, and we all knew what happened there. It was the first time Brees was facing the Chargers and Rivers. Um, and then the two quarterbacks combined for 680 yards, six touchdowns, and no other London game has had more points, even up to this day. It was in 2008, this was. Um, so the Saints nearly gave up a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter, but interception and a safety in the final 90 seconds meant uh, they were able to walk away with a victory. Um, so yeah, yeah, I had everything you wanted. Points, had the the quarterbacks pitting against each other in more ways than one, and uh, it's always a bonus if you get to see a safety. Hmm. I think it's very obviously great to see Drew Brees. You said previously at what well, the San Diego Chargers yeah. moving over to the Saints. Um, yeah, another great example of a fantastic international game. Um, but I think that is probably about that it about that uh, we'll wrap it up there Johnny it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show um, if you'd just like to plug all your socials again if you if you like now cheers guys it's been a, been a pleasure to come on hope to come on uh, again in the future um, sure. yeah give us a follow at Off Grid NFL um, Twitter Instagram us on Facebook LinkedIn um, and our newly started YouTube and TikTok channels um, if you are interested in, in writing it's all about the NFL um, you can give me an email offgrid at gmail offgridnfl sorry at gmail.com um, yeah best luck guys great stuff thank you so much thank you very much for coming on Johnny it was a pleasure